Good morning, everybody. Come on, we're, we're in a, a new series. If you weren't here last week, Pastor Tim kicked off a series called Things Kids Say. And if you don't know me, my name is Kevin. I have the honor to serve as uh, uh, the associate pastor here. Um, I work with a lot of our ministries and our next-gen ministries and um, it's, a, it's a blast to be here, and I'm so honored. Um, thank you, Pastor Robert, for um, letting me come up today. That's a big deal, because he hears all the stupid things I say through the week, and he still, like, let me have a microphone in my hand. So that's, that's um, impressive there. I want to thank Pastor Tim Timberlake and Jen Timberlake. I love our pastors. Um, I love how they lead. I love the, the people that they are. Um, and... It's, it's been incredible to watch them over the last year. Um, I want to thank our Orange Park team here. Love serving with you guys. I'm excited about the block party today and getting to go out in the community with y'all and, and doing life. I, wanna, I, I just feel like I need to give a shout out to our tech team. Love you guys. Um, I, you know, they're my gaming buddies as well. So um, I just felt like as, as we're in worship, we got to give these guys a shout out because so much goes in to making Sunday morning happen. Um, and we were robbed this morning. Don't you feel a little like, I don't know if you feel like me, I feel a little jaded from this morning because I'm done with this cold stuff. I've already put on my shorts and, and that's the way I was living my life. My Hawaiian shirts have come back, my shorts have come back, and I was committed to a new year of not wearing jeans anymore, but it betrayed me. I, walked out, I had to walk the dog this morning, and it was like it just slapped me in the face. Not only did you take an hour from me, but you also hit me with cold. It's not okay. But we're here in the house of the Lord, and it's warm in here, right? I haven't had to take off my hoodie. All right, let's jump into the word this morning. This is our, our um, theme scripture for this series. It comes from Matthew 18. It says, At that time, Jesus, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among him. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes such one such child in my name also welcomes me. And you mean, you mean to tell me, Jesus, that all our striving to become more mature, all our striving to grow up, all our striving to be better, you actually mean we were better the way we were? Like, as kids, the way you made us? You mean that's what our striving's for, that we actually need to do some looking back? I've entitled this message, if you're taking notes today, Looking Back to Grow Up. The Lord wants us to remember how he made us as those children. And that's the key to entering his kingdom. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a God of mercy, a God of love, and you loved us so much you gave us your word. Your word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. 
Lord, your word is true yesterday, today, and forever. Your word you put on flesh and became your word and showed us how to live it out. And today as we dive into your word, I pray that you would make us a little more like you. We know the flowers may fade and the grass may wither, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Amen. Amen. You know, as we, as we all race into adulthood and, and maturity, it's kind of a race that's not optional for us. It's, it's happening to us. Um, we don't choose to sign up for it. It just happens to us. This week, I'm, um, I'm turning 35. And um, that, that, that was a tougher number. Like, that's, like, 30 was one thing. 35, it sounds like I'm not even in my young 30s anymore. Like, now I'm just, once, once you hit 35, I'm basically 40 already. And how did that even, how did that happen? I don't know what happened there, but... This adulthood thing happens to us, and we, the years start coming, and they don't stop coming. I did not plan on singing that song. I'm so sorry. Um, and then all of a sudden, we're getting older. And in some ways, we become better at certain things. I'm, I'm better at speaking now than I was when I was five. I, um, I have better eating habits now than when I was 20. Thank God, um, I'm still paying for a lot of my eating habits in my 20s. Um, I'm, you know, as I, as I become older, there's some things that I'm better at. But maturity doesn't happen across the board. You don't just get better at everything because you're growing up. In fact, I would say there's a lot of things that you probably used to be better at. If I brought in a Huffy in here, if you don't know what, if I brought a bike in here, you could probably ride it today, because once you know how to ride a bike, you, you, you're good. But you probably couldn't ride it the same way you could when you were a kid. When we were a kid, we could do anything on that bike. We built things to jump the bike off of. There was just nothing we couldn't accomplish on our bike. But you give me a bike now, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's, that's a workout. I don't want to do that. Maybe a skateboard. Some of us might have been good at a skateboard. I never had coordination, so God bless you. Um, but if I put that same skateboard in front of you today, it's probably not as helpful as it was 20 years ago. Um, there's, there's just some things we haven't gotten better at. For me, one of the things is running. I used to like, we were always playing sports in the front yard. We were always um, on trails in our wood, like I was just always running. If I didn't have the bike, I was running because it's just how you got around. I was an Oceanway kid. Oceanway's on the north side of Jacksonville. I got one other, thank you. And um, just so you know, in Oceanway, um, it was cultural to just never wear shoes. So as kids, you had this, this all these neighborhood kids and none of them ever had shoes on. I don't know. I, I just remember all the time my dad yelling at me for not having shoes on. They just got in the way or something. But I remember I was able to play football without shoes. I was able to spend all day in the woods without shoes. Now if I walked across this room without shoes, my feet are hurting for a week. And, and, and going back to running, like, I wouldn't even know how to tell you what my full speed of running is. Think about it. When's the last time you ran at full speed? 
full speed. I'm not talking about a jog, full speed. It would take me at least 30 seconds to get up to full speed nowadays. I don't even know what full speed looks like, but I'm, I'm tearing my hamstring thinking about it and I need three days off work if I ever get up to full speed. I am not running full speed without being chased. I was, I was better at it as a kid. There are some things that we just don't stay good at and we can lose and we can leave behind. Isn't it interesting that as we mature, we get better in some areas, but in some, we lose the skills that we previously had. Jesus was reminding his, his disciples that in their growing and maturing, there's some things that we lose that are key to the kingdom of God. And I want to look up in our, in our time together this morning, I want to look up a couple things that kids are really good at, but we often forget about as adults. And the first one's going to seem controversial to you. The first thing I think kids are really good at that we, we lose as adults is living in unity with each other. Now, I know the first thing that popped into every parent's head. If you have multiple kids, oftentimes there is not unity in your house. If you have a classroom, oftentimes there are not, there's not unity in your house. There's a lot of screaming. There's a lot of fighting. But here's, here's something that really impresses me about kids. I have seen kids go from throwing blows to like being best friends in the span of five minutes. Like they're fighting over a toy in one minute and then they're just, they're living life and having a great time together in the next. Kids are so good at forgiving others, they're so good at when they go into a room, they don't, they expect to be friends with people. You ever just have a kid like that you don't know run up to you and like they're happy to see you and they're like hugging your leg and it's like, who, who is this kid? Can somebody, kids don't, like there's something about them that when they go into a room, they expect to make friends in that room. As adults, a lot of times we can become cynical, we can become jaded, we can become where we don't trust people. And that being unified, and dare I say even forgiving others, becomes more of a challenge. Galatians 3.26 says this, So in Christ Jesus, you were all children of God through faith. For, for all of you who were never baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You know, as kids, there was, a, there was often we could make best friends really easy. It was like, you got a Power Ranger shirt? I got a Power Ranger shirt. Did we just become best friends? Yes. You, kids only need one reason to become friends. If there's one thing in common, as the body of Christ, there is too much of us fighting when we've got the best thing in common. All we need is the cross of Christ and, and who he is, and then we, we should become best friends. It doesn't matter if we agree on every topic. It doesn't matter if, we're, if our politics are the same. It doesn't matter. Do we agree on the cross? Oh, man, then we're family. We're family if we agree on that cross. There's nothing better to unite us together than the cross. He says there's, there's no, neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you're all one. 
What's it look like for us to be one? Forgiveness is hard. But every day we're, we, we have a God who forgives us. And trust me, I test him. I test him all the time. I give him reasons to need to forgive me. And he still does. So I need to get better at forgiving the person who did something, who said something to me the wrong way two weeks ago. Because I have a God who's forgiven me each and every day. If we can be united with a holy God, then we can be united with anyone. Because there was a dividing wall between us. And he, he made a way through that wall. He, the Bible says he broke down the wall of hostility. And in Christ, we can be united. Kids are really good at this. As the body of Christ, we need to be the ones that show this to the world. That we can forgive each other, that we can love each other, that we can go into a crowd of people and see friends and see families. Because when we go into a crowd of people, we should see sons and daughters of the Most High God. They are made in His image. It doesn't matter what our differences is. It doesn't matter what. We could have absolutely nothing in common. I should see them as an, the image of God. And because of that, I should be able to love them. The first thing kids are really good at is living in unity. The second is this, living from a lowly position. One thing that impresses me about kids, they know and they're fully aware most times that they are just kids. They understand that there's some things I cannot do without the help of mom, without the help of dad, without the help of an adult somewhere. They are aware that they are kids, that they are still growing, that they are still not at adulthood yet. There's a, there's a TikTok trend going around right now, and it's, it's everywhere. Um, and and the, little, the little kid says, I'm just a baby. And the mom says, okay, but you still need to listen to mommy. And, and the baby goes, I'm just a baby. I feel like that in my spiritual walk all the time. It's like, I'm just a baby, Lord, um, but you still need to be obedient. I'm just a baby. Living from a lowly, a lowly position. Jesus said, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Check out this. Romans 12, 23 says, For the grace of God, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. There's another verse that says, don't think of yourself highly lest you fall. Me thinking of myself highly is going to cause me to fall. And there's a couple, there's a couple reasons for that. If, if I think of myself highly, as I think of myself as mature, if I think of myself as a re received some status in Christ that I can't fall, you can guarantee I'm going to fall. You can guarantee I am, all of us, we're moments and opportunity away from sinning. It doesn't matter how mature you are. It doesn't matter how many. If you put yourself in the wrong position, there's going to be a fall. Another way that this happens to us is if, um, if I think of myself as high, if I think of myself as mature and then I find myself 
in that place where I've made a mistake and I fell, well, then I'm going to sit in that guilt and that shame for way too long. Because it's important that we remember we're nothing without him. He made us out of the dust. He knows what we are. Think of, the, think of the good things of following Christ. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are fruits of the Spirit. They are not fruits of us. They are not fruits of you. They are not fruits of me. I don't have these things. Sometimes I, I want to be more self-controlled. Sometimes I am self-controlled. Sometimes I'm not self-controlled. Sometimes I am full of love and full of joy. Sometimes I am not those things. Sometimes I am full of peace. Sometimes I am full of patience. But I am not those things. Those are fruits of the Spirit. And they come from my relationship with the Spirit of God, me being reliant on the Spirit of God. And when I'm outside of the Spirit of God, all of those things I'm subject to fail in. It's the fruits of the Spirit, not fruits of us. So we shouldn't think of ourselves as higher than we ought. Jesus said, you've, you've been, or First Peter says, you've been born again, not of the Spirit of God. I mean, not of imperishable seed, but of perishable seed. I'm going to say that again because I've said it all wrong three times. You've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed. If you've been born again, then there's some growing to do. And we should remember in that lowly state of a child that we've got plenty to grow into. And, and just like a child that's fully relying on a, a parent, a fully relying on an adult to help, man, I have to be fully reliant on Christ. I have to be fully reliant on the Spirit of God because at any moment I don't have the Spirit of God, I'm nothing. We, we stay reliant on His, and, and that's going to help us with a couple things. I don't have time to judge others. I don't have time to point the fingers at others because I know that I'm still in need of help. I don't have time to look at, the, look at other people's wrongs because, man, I have a lot that I need Christ to help me with. I can't do this without him. The first thing kids are really good at is living in unity. The second thing, they're good at living from a lowly position. They're aware that they are still a kid. And the third thing is this, and I want to spend the most of our time here, is living in contentment. You ever see, I don't know if you've ever been on a mission trip, but it's crazy when you go to other countries and you'll see kids without the things that some of us had as kids. They don't have all the toys, they don't have the things. They didn't have a Nintendo. They don't have these things like, but you'll see them content and happy and loving the things they have, loving their family, loving their friends. Kids have a way of wherever they are, finding happiness there, finding contentment there. Philippians 
12 says this, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. The one thing I want you to walk away with today is I want you to walk away with Philippians 4.13 in a new light. Because for so many of us, we carry around, and this is the way it's been used, Philippians 4.13, I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. And we use that to talk about how we can improve our situation. We can make our situation better. We can accomplish our goals. We can accomplish our dreams. We can, we can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's amazing how many football teams has used this verse to say they're going to go win the game. But if both teams are using this verse to say they're going to win the game, one team's not going to win the game. And we use Philippians 4.13 in this way. When we look at this passage, it's important to know they are not separated. Philippians 4.13 is so connected to Philippians 4.12 that it can't be separated. I can be content. In every situation, I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. I believe this. Contentment is about knowing what time it is. Contentment is about knowing what time it is. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. And a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. I I really believe the secret to contentment is knowing what time it is. If I know what time it is, then I can be content there because that's that's the season I'm in. You know, I'm going to be real honest here, and I'll admit I I have a tendency to overshare parts of my life, so just deal with it. Um, over, the last, over the last few months, man, if I'm honest, I feel like I've been in a really sad season. I feel like I've been surrounded with disappointment. I feel like everything I've been going, the things my friends are walking through, the things my family's walking through, like it's been heavy. And there's been so many times over the last few months I'm walking around and it just feels like my heart physically hurts. It's it's a sad time, a sad season. And there was times when there was times in the past I would have faced a season like this one and I would instantly begin trying to rip things up and change them. I would instantly be trying to change my situation, get out, get to another place, somewhere where things aren't sad like they are here right now. But being contentment is about knowing what time it is. The Bible says there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. 
So there's a time for sad seasons like the one I've, I've been experiencing. There's a time I'm supposed to experience this. There's a time I'm supposed to experience joy and, and happiness and, and those things will come. But there's a time, according to our, our Bible, that I'm supposed to weep. I'm supposed to mourn. I'm supposed to feel grief. I'm supposed to feel disappointed. There's a time for that. And I can be content because I know what time it is. And listen here, if God has me in a sad season, if God has me in a disappointed season, then can I be faithful with that season? Can I say, okay, I'm not running from this. I'm staying here. I, I'm, I'm going to be faithful with the season you have me in, Lord, because you are the same God in my happy season that you are in my sad season. You are the same God when things are going great and when they're not. Can I be faithful in the season I'm in? Some of you, you might be in a season where it's time to dance and it's time to laugh. We need you as the church to be faithful to that season. If it is time for you to dance, then by God, dance. Because we need to see you dance. There's, there's people in here and it is time for you to mourn. And we need you to be faithful to that. Because God has something that he's doing on the inside of you in that mourning season. Be faithful to where you're at. We gotta stop running from the seasons of our lives. There's sad seasons. There's times where disappointment's gonna be high. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. If we think we can, if we think we can um, wave, put on worship songs and wave flags and 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 everything's always gonna be joyful, we're we're lying. We're hiding. Because the Bible says it rains on the just. Read the book of Psalms. Half of Psalms is very godly people saying, God, why am I going through this? And they're being elevated. David, is con David, the man after God's own heart, is saying, I am afflicted. I am torn. I am. There's times he is saying, my soul is downcast. But God, I trust you. Can we trust him in every season? That's, that's what being content is. And Philippians 4.13 says, I can. Philippians 4.13 says, I can be content in a sad season. Philippians 4.13, listen, if we start using that verse the way it's meant to be used and not just saying, hey, our football team's going to win this game because Philippians 4.13 says we can. No, if we use it, what if we start using it to say, I am, I am in a tough season right now, but I can find joy here. I can be content and I can be faithful to my God because I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. That's how we use that verse. I can be content. Right here where I'm at. F freedom is facing the reality of your pain without being ruled by it. You want to be free in a sad season? Face it. Don't let it rule you. Don't let it destroy your life. Don't let it, don't make decisions out of that that are going to, impact your future face the reality of your pain but don't let it rule don't let it rule you be content in the season you're at because just as there's a time for sadness
there's going to be a time for joy. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's going to be that time for you again. Stay content. You can do it because we can do all this through Christ who gives us strength. The last thing is this, and the band can come back up. Kids are really good at being, living in unity, living from a lowly state, living with contentment. And they're really good at living like their father. They're really, kids are really good at doing what they see. They mimic. Yeah, I, I, there's, a, there's a video that I laugh at every time it comes on, on my screen. It's like this little baby walking and, and the baby's making dad noises. Like the, the grunts with the, ugh, ugh. Like you've never experienced any pain in your life, but you're getting up, ugh. It's because that baby has saw its parents do that after a long day. It's, it, the baby just said, I guess we make noise when we stand up. I don't, I, I'm sad because now that I'm 30, I, I catch myself. Like those noises happen every time I, I get up. It just, it's, I, I can't, I don't know why I do it. It just happens. But the baby picked up on that and began to mimic it because kids, off, kids are really good at mimicking what they see. That's why it's really important for kids to have good role models. Because they're going to mimic what they see, but I want to tell you, we're not, we're not far off from that. We see the same behavior in Jesus, you know. He says, I only do what I see the Father do, what I see. Jesus chose to mimic his Father. And then he asked us to be like a child who mimics their Father. Role models are important, but choosing the right one for a kid is vital. And let me tell you, choosing the right one for us is just as vital. Because our culture makes a lot of things seem right and wrong. I can turn on the news and pick a role model tonight. And that role model will make me think half of this country is evil. The role model I choose based on, and it could go either way, the role model I can choose can make me look at an, another image bearer of God and think they're evil and they're out to get me because my role model said it. The thing I'm filling my eyes with and my ears with. But it's so important that as the people of God, we make the Lord Jesus our role model. They tried to get him to take sides. They tried to get him to join causes. They tried, no, he wasn't there for that. He was about his father's business. That's the role model we have to get to. We got to be careful picking role models. You can find your favorite preacher on YouTube and he's going to let you down tomorrow. You can find your favorite staff member here at this church We'll probably let you down tomorrow. You can find your, I have, I have elders in my life and people that I really respect. And, but I can't make them my role model because I, I have to become like Jesus. They can help me. They can show me things I'm not seeing. But I got to be very careful 
who I'm, a, who I'm a strive, striving to be like? Are we striving to be like him? You know, I, I thought they were cheesy growing up, the what would you, Jesus do bracelets, but I'm like, man, we should really bring those back. Because can we respond to the situations? Can we respond to today's news? Can we respond to these things the way Jesus would? He's our role model. We're mimicking him. And I know it's tough because I don't, I don't open scripture and see Jesus dealing with the coronavirus and, and a potential war overseas. I don't see him responding to, you know, I, don't, I don't know how he would always respond to all these situations that are constantly coming at us. But I do see the way he loved people. I do see the way he chose to stick up for the woman caught in adultery. And when everybody said we should stone her, I saw him tell them to drop their stones. And when he was the one left with the chance to move on her, he chose not to. When he had the chance to choose Kevin Crowley to serve him, knowing all the things I'd do wrong, he chose that. So can I mimic that for others? Can I mimic it and choose people and, 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 and choose to believe that God, God can use sinners like us and that he can have mercy on us and he can use us and he can correct us and he can develop us. And can I be like a child in his hands that is fully dependent on my God and help bring others along? I want to pray for you. Would you stand to your feet? This call is simple. Can we depend on him? Can we come down from our high thought life of ourself and choose a lowly position? Can we be content with where he has us? Can we depend on our father in heaven and his word to guide us? Can we mimic him? Not depending on what our eyes see is right and wrong, but can we mimic him? And can we do the things that we see him do? If that's you and you say, if, if, you, if you want to join me in this prayer, I'm asking God to make me more dependent on him. To make me more like a child. To make me more. I need him more. And for him to help me realize that. And if that's you, I want, I want you to join me in this prayer. Lord, we need you. We as your people are reliant on you, God. We know that we can't make it on our own. God, we know that we don't have all the answers. We don't, we don't, have, we don't produce fruit on our own, but it is your spirit that produces fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We're reliant on you for these things because we can't produce them on our own. Lord, help us, help us have the eyes of a child where we're looking to see what you do, how you respond. Lord, make us fully dependent on you. If there's any in this room and Lord, we've forgotten, we've forgotten that we need you. Lord, remind us. Have mercy on us, O oh God.
Lord, for when we think we can do it all on our own, when we run into a season where things are sad and things are struggle, God, and we want to fix things ourselves and, and, and make them better, Lord, let us remember the season that you have us in. Let us remember that we can be content even in a sad season, even when things aren't going our way because we know what time it is and we're dependent on you. And if you have us there, we can be content in it. Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your presence that's joined us here today. In Jesus' name.